Lord is coming, and that's going to be a glorious day. Well, one thing's for sure, every one of us deal with aggravation in our lives. We all deal with it. Uh, we all get aggravated. Well, just yesterday, uh, we had a couple of uh, commodes at my house that uh, are leaking, and uh, so it was, it was the day to fix them. And you want to get aggravated, you start working on toilets. I guarantee you, you will be aggravated sooner or later. I went to the Home Depot twice. I stayed in that line twice. And man, it was just a blessing. No, I'm just kidding. I was aggravated. And so being aggravated uh, has, is something that we all have to deal with. God, however, through the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you and I, wants us to live above any aggravation that we may be feeling. It reminds me of a story of two farmers. Two farmers, one was a very positive farmer, and one was a very negative farmer. And these two farmers were friends. They were best friends. But man, they aggravated one another. The negative farmer thought the positive farmer was too positive. And the positive farmer thought the negative farmer was too negative. And they got aggravated each other. I mean, the positive farmer would look out, and he'd see the rain fall, and he'd say to the negative farmer, he'd say... Man, I thank God for the rain. It is good for our crops. The negative farmer would say, well, if it don't stop raining, it's going to rot the roots. And then the positive farmer said, well, look, the sun's shining. Look how beautiful this day is. The beautiful sun, the sun is shining. It's good for our crops. The negative farmer would look at him and say, I'm telling you what, if it don't cloud up, it's going to scorch the crops. One day, the positive farmer had had enough. He said, I'm going to show this negative farmer that he's got something to be positive about. He went and bought a new, uh, a new uh, duck-hunting dog. And he bought this dog, and he said, I'm going to take this, uh, this negative farmer, my friend, I'm going to take him uh, duck-hunting. And so they got in the boat, and they got out there, and sure enough, some ducks flew by, and boom, 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 the first ducks hit the water. He turned to that, to that bird dog, and he said to the negative farmer, he said, hey, watch this. He turned to the, to the, neg to the bird dog, and he said, get him. And that bird dog jumped out of that boat and ran on top of the water all the way to that bird, picked up that bird, turned around, and ran back to the boat all on top of the water. That dog jumped back in the boat and laid that duck down. It sat down and looked at its master with that, tail, with that tongue hanging out. just a <laughs> And the positive farmer looked at the negative farmer and said, Now, you tell me something negative about that. What do you have to say about that? The negative farmer looked at the dog and looked at his positive friend, looked back at the dog, and he just simply said this, I wouldn't have him. He said, what do you mean you wouldn't have him? He said, you spent all that money and that dog still can't swim. <laughs> I'm telling you what, we can choose either to be positive or negative in our lives. Nobody likes negative people. Brothers and sisters, let me just encourage you, during this time, where we have had this sense of isolation, where we've had this stay at home, where we've only gotten out uh, to have this, this, these times of necessities to go to the grocery store, or Home Depot to fix commodes, or whatever the case may be. God has allowed for this to happen, and He is trying to teach us how to become more and more like Himself. He wants us to become more and more like Himself. The goal for your life is that you become more and more like Jesus Christ. And what God allows to come into your life is not coming into your life to be a, a, a part of aggravation. It's allowed to come into your life so that you can be more like Jesus. 
And so this, this morning, I wanted to give you just three, with what little time that I have left, I want to give you the key to annihilating, crushing, destroying aggravation in your life. It's found in John chapter 15 in verses 1 through 8. Notice what the scripture says there. Jesus said, I am the vine, or the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abideth not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gathereth them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my word abides in you, you shall ask whatever you will, and it shall be done to you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. Jesus said, his disciples are going to bear fruit. And the fruit that he's referring to there is individuals coming to know Jesus Christ as personal Savior and Lord. And also, also us showing and exemplifying the fruits of the Spirit. Aggravation is not a fruit of the Spirit. Now, it's okay to be righteously indignant. It's all right to be righteously indignant. I, I'm telling you, I, I get righteously indignant if the government doesn't overreach on us and tries to mandate and say that we can't meet. And they're not doing that yet. I'm cooperating with the authorities that God has placed in my life according to Romans chapter 13 because there has not been an, a, a directive, if you would, to say that we have to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. No, we, we, we in America, we can meet. But the bottom line is simply this, for the protection of our senior adults, for the protection of our children, for the protection of all of our members, we are agreeing and we are in fellowship and we're in unity and we're walking together because we want everybody to come back to church healthy. Someone say, when are we coming, when are we coming back to church? Soon. But we'll only come back when it's safe. Soon, but safe. And so, don't be aggravated. Don't let this season that we're in be an air of aggravation. Look what the Lord has provided. We, we've been doing online services for five years now. God has blessed us with this technology. And, and I want to thank the individual who wants to remain uh, anonymous. Thank you for providing this opportunity for us to, to share and, and for the Word of God to go out all over the world. Uh, this is not in our budget. But for five years, God has provided this, that whether you be sick or in the hospital or on, on, on vacation or somewhere around the world, you can always tune in to Maysville Baptist Church. And now look, did you ever imagine that we would all have to tune in? God knew. He prepared. And yet we want to be aggravated over the things that are happening in our life. Brothers, turn, sisters, turn that aggravation into glorifying God and thanking God for His provision. 
You see, there's one key, one key to annihilating aggravation in your life. That key is abiding in Jesus Christ. Abiding in Jesus Christ. That is the key to annihilating aggravation in your life. Jesus said, if ye abide in me and I in you. Man, I'm telling you what, if you're locked into Jesus Christ and functioning with the Father, I'm telling you what, you can see things from his perspective and then you know all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Remember, that word uh, abide means to remain. So so for us born-again children of God that have Jesus Christ living inside of us, it means that regardless of the situation that's outside of us, we are to remain in Jesus Christ. It's a reference to place. Remaining in Jesus. You are with Christ and Christ is with you. It means do not depart. Be continually present with Jesus. It also has a reference to time. It means to continue abiding with Jesus. Uh, It means when you feel like you won't get in the flesh. You ever felt like you won't get in the flesh? Bless God, sometimes you just feel like you won't get in the flesh. It's pausing and remembering who you are in Jesus Christ and knowing that you are abiding in Him and you are remaining in Him. You see, He said He'd never leave you. He said He'd never forsake you. If he'll never leave you, and if he'll never forsake you, then whatever's coming into your life is a directive of him. And that directive that he's given to you is to help you become more into the image of Jesus Christ. And so it's this reference to time. But also it has this reference to the state or condition. That is, to remain as one. To not become uh, something other or, or different. That is, to stay and to wait and to wait with positive Unction. Dear brothers and sisters, this is not going to last forever. So well, how long is it going to last? I don't know. But it's not going to last forever. I'm going to tell you something that will last forever. The Word of God. And if the Word of God lasts forever, then that's what I want to be a part of. And so abiding in Jesus Christ is the only way to annihilate any aggravation that we have in our life. And so, let me ask this question. So, what does that mean in day-to-day living, Pastor? What does that mean in day-to-day living? How can we take that abiding in Christ and the definition as it relates to a state of being and continuing to walk with Him? What can I do? And this is where I want to be today. I want to give you three very simple things that you can do to abide in Jesus Christ. Number one, here's the first one. Abiding in Christ means that a person confesses that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. If you're going to abide in Jesus Christ, that means you are going to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now that confession is twofold. That confession, first of all, is with your language. With your language. You're going to confess with your language. But let me say this. You're also going to confess with your lifestyle with your lifestyle there's nothing more that turns a person off to Jesus Christ for an aggravated Christian an aggravated born-again Christian to get so much in the flesh and get so aggravated with their current situation 
that they spew venom out of their mouth and with their lifestyle, and they act like they don't know Jesus Christ at all. But brothers and sisters, if we are going to annihilate any aggravation that we have in our life, we must confess with our language and with our lifestyle that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I was watching Andy Griffith yesterday. I, that's one of my one of my favorite shows. Let me tell you, I watch about three episodes in the evening uh, just so I can get a daily dose of uh, uh, some type of content uh, out there today that's not the news. Can I get a witness right there? Hey. You, you want a blessing? Then you just get back on the on the whatever the Roku or the the social uh, TV or whatever the case may be, and you watch a little bit of Andy Griffith. I tell you what, I was watching last night, and old Ange, he's dating Peg, the nurse. Y'all remember Peggy, the nurse? Well, he goes over to Peggy's house to take her out on a date, and uh, one of her college uh, friends was there. His name is Don. Well, that didn't make anything but Andy but jealous. He got jealous. And he got mad, and he got irritated, he got aggravated, he went storming off, he, he, he just, he left, left Peg standing there at the house, he came back, uh, and there was Barney in the police station. And old Andy come walking in, you can tell he was visually tore up, man, he done tore, jealous, whoo, he was jealous. And old Barney picked up on it, and he said, I'm going to tell you what, what you need to do, Andy. He said, you just need to come over here by me. He said, here it is. Lay into it. He said, here's your shoulder. Crawl into your, cry into my shoulder. He said, here's what you need to do, Andy. You need to just start talking, and you need to just get it all off your chest. Because if you get it all off your chest, he said this, it's therapeutic. <laughs> he said, it's therapeutic. I'm going to be honest with you. In regards to it being therapeutic or therapeutic, it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is we are confessing something. Our lifestyle's confessing something. Andy's lifestyle was confessing aggravation and frustration. If he could get his hands around Don's neck, he'd have done it. Because he was jealous. He was aggravated. What happens to you when you get aggravated? Did you know during this uh, season of the coronavirus all across our nation, all across our nation, domestic violence is going up? What a sad testimony. That we would get so aggravated because we're living together, that we would harm that person we're living with. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You're watching today, and you're violent towards your spouse. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You ought to get right with God. Get right with your spouse. If you're, if you're one of those victims, you ought to pick up the telephone. You ought to call 911. You ought to be emboldened. Get yourself out of that mess. God didn't call you to be beat on or anything like that. Oh, listen to me. It ought not to be in a believer's life that we would be known for our agitation and our aggression. We need to annihilate that in our lives today. And the only way to do that is to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So in that confession, Pastor, uh, what, what does that mean? To confess means to declare. It means to acknowledge. It means something that comes out of your mouth, but that you not only admit with your language, but you live it out in your life. What are three things we can confess about Jesus being the Son of God? Let me give them to you. Here's number one. The first one is, is that he's the Son of God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 15. This is what the Bible says. Whosoever shall confess 
that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. Oh, dear brothers and sisters, if we are going to confess Jesus Christ, we got to acknowledge him being the Son of God, the only Son of God. In fact, the Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so we find that in regards to who God is, in his great love, in his great wisdom, in his great passion for us, we confess that he's the Son of God. Number two, let me give you a second one. Not only do we confess that he's the Son of God, we also confess that he is the Savior. He's the Savior. John chapter 4, verse 42. Listen to what the Bible says here. John 4, 42. And he said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves. We know that, that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Here is a profession. Here is a testimony. Here is something that falling, falling from the lips of someone that has seen the miracles of God. You know, one of the major miracles of God, listen to me, don't miss this. One of the major miracles of God is his t- him taking a lost sinner that doesn't have any hope, that doesn't have any, anything in their life, and he comes to know Christ as Savior, and his life is changed completely because Jesus saves his soul. We confess that he's the Savior. We confess that he's the Son of God. Let me give you a third one. I'm hurrying. Here's the third one. We confess that he's Lord. Let, let me ask you this. Is he Lord of your life? If he's Lord of your life, then why? Why are you letting aggravation control you? Because when we let aggravation control our life, aggravation is the Lord. The Bible tells us over in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Watch this. Here it goes. They're talking about confession. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... And shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart men believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Dear brothers and sisters, we confess with our mouths that he's Lord. He is Lord, he's Savior, he's the Son of God. And because he is who he says he is, he is the one that controls my life. He sits on the seat, the preeminent seat, In my heart, the number one place inside of me, he sits at the center of my emotions, at the center of my intellect, at the center of my physicality. He sits in the center of who I am because he is the Lord. And I confess him as the Son of God. Let me give you a second one. Here's number two. If we want to abide in Jesus Christ. Not only does that mean we're going to confess that Jesus is the Son of God, but number two, abiding means that a person who, it is a person who walks and fellowships with Christ. Abiding means that a person walks and has fellowship, fellowships with Jesus Christ. 
He lives and he moves and he is in his being. And this being that he is in is in Christ. He communes with Jesus Christ and has this consciousness. Every day he's living through this consciousness, if you would, in the Lord's presence. And because the Lord is present with him, he's eager to learn what God has in store for him on that day. And he draws strength and authority and victory from the fact that the Lord is with him wherever he goes. Man, I don't know. Were you out yesterday morning? Man, I was out yesterday morning. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. Again, today's a beautiful day. And I hope you are able to get out there and be a part of it. But man, yesterday morning, I got outside and just walked around and walked and prayed for you. And man, it was quiet. The birds were singing. There was no major airplanes flying over. It was just so peaceful and so beautiful walking with the Lord. When's the last time you just walked with the Lord, dear friend? Maybe that's something you can do today. Maybe this afternoon. or Maybe when things cool off a little bit in the cool of the evening. You can get out there with the Lord. Walk around your backyard. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for your neighborhood. Pray for your church. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your Sunday school teacher. Pray for those individuals in your life. Those people that you love. We find that so bad, we want victory in our lives. And if we're going to get that victory, we must abide in Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6 says this, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. He being Jesus. How did Jesus walk? Can I just show you three things? Here's how Jesus walked. Three things that's important. Number one, Jesus walked with purpose. He walked with purpose. John chapter 8, verse 29, the Bible says, And he that sent me, Jesus said, is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always the things that please him. What did Jesus say? The purpose that he's walking with is to please the Father. And what was the purpose of the Father? Jesus came to be the sacrifice so that you and I could have a relationship with God once again. And so we find that purpose that Jesus is walking with. He walked with purpose. So too, you and I, we walk with purpose. What's the purpose of our lives? We have a purpose statement here at the church. Loving God, loving others, serving the world. We walk in such a way to love God. We walk in such a way to love others. We walk in such a way to serve the world. That's how we're to walk. Jesus walked with purpose. We walk with purpose. You want to annihilate aggravation in your life? Then bless God, you walk with purpose. Number two, let me show you a second thing. What's the second thing in Jesus' walk? How did Jesus walk? Not only did he walk with purpose, he also walked with passion. He walked with passion. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, there he, Jesus is out. He's seeing a, there's a bunch of people. And watch this. This is the point I want to make. He was moved with compassion upon them. Because they fainted. They were discouraged. And the Bible says they were scattered as sheep having no shepherd. Jesus is moved with compassion. Can I ask you this? What moves you? What moves you to the point that your passion starts to get engaged and you do something? A lot of times it's something negative. 
something negative happens. Man, it engages our passion and we get going. But what about the lostness of our world today? Uh, What about those that are living in our society today in such a way that are walking like a sheep with no shepherd? And they're headed for devastation and destruction. Jesus walked with passion. So too you and I have that same passion inside of us because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And that passion gives us this deep longing desire to see our friends, our neighbors, those that are around us come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And those that are away from God, those that are prodigal sons and daughters of God, there's a desire inside of us that longs to see them come back to know Christ as Savior. See, maybe what God's doing during this season is saying, look, your dependence doesn't need to be on the church. Your dependence needs to be upon God. And and not just that. But the church that is here is congregating and we're worshiping, getting our spiritual batteries charged so that we can go out and share the greatest news of all, and that's Jesus saves. And so while we're not together right now, we, look, you can social distance all you want, want but I'm telling you what, you're going to see people. You're going to see people. I, I saw some of you yesterday. saw some of you this week. Man, it's a joy to see you. Praying for you. Asking God's blessings on you. And then there's others that I got to see. Just to say a good word about Jesus. Hey, tune in. Hope to see you online to be with us. Passion purpose. And then here's number three. Watch this. Jesus also walked with power. He walked with power. John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18. Therefore, the Bible says, doeth my father father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Watch this. Watch what Jesus says. No man taketh it from me, but I lay down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. You see, when you, when you live a life on purpose, and you live a life with passion, because you're a born-again child of God, you're going to live a life of power. And in living that life with power, I'm telling you what, if there be those against you, thank God he's for us. And as he is for us, nothing can be against us. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And the power that we have is the power that's been given to us through the Holy Spirit. 1 John 2, 27 says this, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things... And it's true and is not a lie. And just as he has taught you, you will abide in him. What is the scripture telling us? The scripture is telling us, you know when you see a lost person. You know when you see someone that's away from God. And why would you want to act like the world when you can show them the love of Jesus Christ? Abiding means that you walk in fellowship, in fellowship with God. Abiding in Christ means that you confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then here's the third one. Here's the third and then last one. And I'm going to close. This is it for our scriptures today in our sermon. 
abiding in Jesus Christ. We're talking about alleviating. We're annihilating, if you would. Annihilating aggravation in our life. And in order to do that, we've got to abide in Christ. That's the only key. You want to annihilate aggravation in your life? Abide in Christ. Confess. Fellowship. Here's the third one. Abiding in Christ means that a person walks in open confession before God. Listen to me now. Don't don't miss this. This has the idea of continuation. Continuing. Not just doing it on Sunday mornings. Not, Not just doing it on Wednesday nights. But continuing this thing throughout the course of the week. The Bible tells us in John chapter 8. Then Jesus said, in verses 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him. If you continue in my word. Then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. You know a lot of times the reason why we don't know the truth. Is because we're not continuing in the word of God. And when we don't continue in the Word of God, we get confused. We start thinking, well, maybe the world is right. And really what happened is is we got away from God. And so God is calling us to be back with Him and calling us to draw near to Him and continue in that fellowship. Why? Because there is power in the truth of the Word of God. We got just what we need every day for everyday victory right here in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, when you think about the truth of continuing in the Word of God, there are three things that if you're in this book, three things, three truths of continuing in God's Word. What are those truths? Number one, here it is. You are testifying of Jesus Christ. If you're in the Word of God, you are testifying of Jesus Christ. John chapter 5 in verse 39. Here's what Jesus said. Search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. Man, when I read the scriptures, I think about my eternal life. I thank God that I'm born again. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven when I die. 1 John chapter 5 verse 13 gives me that truth that I can know. This is not a case of hope, so salvation. Well, you might think you're saved, you might not. I'm going to tell you what. You read the scriptures, you'll know whether or not you're going to heaven or not. Number two. Not only does it testify of Christ, but second of all, it makes you wise. It makes you wise. 2 Timothy 3.15 And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make you or the wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. You read the scriptures, you become wise. Wisdom is so vitally important during this time. If we want to get back to church soon, but we want to get back to church safe, we've got to exercise wisdom as we are talking, already talking about a plan and rolling that out. Can I just be honest with you, church? Here, here, just let me be honest, if I could. And my time's up, and i got one more thing I want to give you. But i got to say this. The hardest part of our ministry, getting back on track and online because of the social distancing, t- two things, two departments, Sunday school and children. 
If you want to know what keeps me up at night, what I'm praying for, besides you, I'm talking about ministry as a whole, Sunday school and children's ministry. I want to keep all of our classes in a safe environment. And I want to keep our children in a safe environment. Some of those that we're listening to and watching as businesses begin to open is uh, 10 people for every 500 square feet, somewhere around in there. That really affects Sunday school. And so we have got to exercise extreme wisdom in how we're going to bring these things back online. That's why I had David come today. I wanted him to tell you, listen, say, what's the last thing on the list? Sunday school and children's department. Waiting to get them back online. What's at the top of the list? Trying to get us together so that we can worship together in a socially distancing manner, but yet so that we can be together. You help me pray about that. I'm asking God for wisdom on that area. And so we find that the truth of continuing in the Word of God, reading the Word of God every day, reading it, it testifies of Christ. It makes one wise. And then here's the third one. Watch this. It gives us spiritual nutrition. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If so, be ye, be ye have tasted, if so, seeing that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. What helps us to grow? The milk of the word helps us to grow. But we need to get off the milk of the word and get onto the meat of the word. And the only way we do that is we've got to grow up in our faith. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible says this, But he answered and said, It is written, talking about Jesus, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What came out of the mouth of God? Everything we have right here. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You invited me and I in you. And you'll produce fruit. On Friday, I got out in the yard and I cut the grass. I love that. That's a wonderful time for me to decompress. and just enjoy, I enjoy that at my house. And uh, I got done. And as I was riding on my mower, I kept hitting my head on the limbs. I, kept, I had to duck a lot on the trees. And I do this every year after the first cutting. I go back and I have to prune the limbs back. Because they've grown. For one year they've grown. And then when the leaves get on, they kind of hang down a little bit. And uh, uh, those branches that didn't hang last year, they're hanging down this year. And so I, I pruned them back. I pruned them back where I could just drive under them and not have to, not have to bob and weave on the mower. And so after I had done that, I gathered them all up. And I put them in a pile. Now what am I going to do with that pile? I'm going to burn them. I'm going to get rid of them. Remember what Jesus said. Jesus said the goal of our life is to produce fruit. He says in producing fruit, the only way to produce fruit is you've got to abide in me. You know the reason why I was burning those limbs? They're no longer attached. They're no longer attached. They're detached. And what happens when you detach a limb from a tree? It's not getting the nourishment that it needs. And it begins to die. 
brothers and sisters, maybe there may be aggravation and frustration. Maybe there may be anger. Maybe there may be irritation in our lives. Because watch this. We are detached from the Lord. And I've got good news for you today. You don't have to stay detached from the Lord. The Bible talks about a process that even is being done today, and it's called engrafting. Where you take a limb and engraft it into the branch. And that engrafting gives the nourishment from the tree to the branch. And that branch begins to come alive and produce fruit. Brothers and sisters, God wants you to be engrafted back into Him. Two things here, and, I'm, and I close. Number one, if you're a Christian and you're a prodigal, you're not reading the Word of God like you should, you know you ought to read the Bible. You're not doing it. You know you need to. Then number one, here's the lesson for you today. If you want to annihilate aggravation in your life, you've got to abide in Jesus Christ. And that means for you, you've got to get back to the Word of God. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If you'll confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And then here's number two. The reason why you're not producing fruit at all is because you're a part of a dead tree. You need to come, come away from that. And you need to get engrafted into the living tree, the living Word of God. You need to come to know Christ as Savior. That's the only way for you to have life and have it everlasting. Remember what the Bible says over in Romans? If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's how you become engrafted in Jesus. You first of all got to recognize you're a sinner. and Realize that you can't save yourself. And then you must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. And through that confession, Trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. You say, well, how would I do that, preacher? Just right where you're sitting today, right there, in your living room, from your device, whatever. All you have to do is simple this. Bow your head and close your eyes. Pray to God. And say something like this to the Lord. Now, I want you to remember, it's not a prayer that saves you. But say something like this to the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe that you are the Messiah and that you died on the cross for my sins. This morning, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from my unrighteousness. Thank you for dying on the cross in my place. And thank you for coming alive on the third day that I might have eternal life. Thank you saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, listen to me, dear friend. If, if you prayed a, that simple prayer, I want you to know it's not a prayer that saves you. You are saved by faith. And if you really meant that today with all your heart, I'm going to ask you, would you shoot me an email? Maybe shoot me a a message, shoot me a message here at the church on Facebook. If you're watching by Facebook, shoot me an email. If you're watching on the website, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, look, pick the phone up, call the church, do, do something, reach out to us in some way. I wrote a book several years ago. I'd like to give it to you. It's just a seven-day 
journal is all it is. It's just a devotion to help you on your first week as a believer. I'd love to get that to you. I'd love to get it to you. I just need to hear from you. To my church, your pastor loves you. And I'm praying for you. We're going to make plans one day. And when we come together, we're going to have a horn blowing, hallelujah shouting. We are going to praise God and sing His praises together. But until that day comes, let's keep looking up. Let's keep tuning in. And let's keep reaching out for God's glory. I love you. I hope you have a blessed Sunday. Don't forget tomorrow. I mean, next week, next Sunday's Mother's Day. Don't you dare forget that. And I can't wait to see your moms tuning in next week. I love you. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you so very much for, for worshiping with us today here at Maysville Baptist Church. Our purpose is loving God, loving others, and serving the world. As pastor here, one of my greatest uh, desires is that everyone would know that they're going to heaven when they die. Several years ago, I wrote a little track that says, You Can Know. I would love to send this track to you. If you would send me an email just letting me know you would like this little track, I'd be glad to drop it in the mail and send it over to you. Again, we are so grateful that you worshiped with us today. May the Lord bless you. Hope you tune in next week, and we'll see you right here at Maysville Baptist Church.